It already stinks being the middle child, but it really stinks when you're one of five of them. I'm Emma, and you're listening to the Socially Awkward Podcast. Today on the show, we have someone really special. I've known her and her family for a while now, and she's the second oldest of seven kids whose ages range from 8 to 21. She's the eldest daughter and passionate about ballet and helping others. She's an avid listener of the podcast, and going to Uganda is on her bucket list. Here to talk about herself and her family introducing Pollyanna Tang. Hi Pollyanna, we're so happy to have you on. Hi, thank you for inviting me. I'm so honored. Okay, so today we are gonna talk about your family and yourself. So how would you describe a day at home? A day at home for my family is definitely not one that is peaceful but very very chaotic. So for me personally, I wake up earlier than the rest of my siblings just because I enjoy this peace and tranquility by myself before the day begins and all the chaos happens. And so I love to wake up at about sometimes 6 a.m. and just get my day started with devotion, going for a run, and then coming back and preparing breakfast for my family. So I believe that this time for myself is very special because I just get to have some self-care time before the day starts. And then we have breakfast together, and a lot of time we love to go for exercise together as a family so because our family is so huge we have nine members in total so we basically formed a soccer team or a basketball team (laughs) and so we like to play games together i think it really bonds our family together at night we also enjoy having devotions we have been doing this more recently especially due to the circuit breaker and i think this has really merged us closer together and just understanding one another heart to heart talk kind of stuff yeah and that pretty much is my day You mentioned the circuit breaker bringing you guys together. So how else would you say that COVID-19 has affected life at home for you? Well, I would say that for most families, sometimes uh, I've heard different stories. And for some family, definitely they have been closer together because of this lockdown. But for others, it's unfortunately a different story and they have just broke apart because conflicts tend to arise but I'm very thankful for my family because I think this period have really helped us to get together more often and do stuff that we really didn't ever expect ourselves to do so especially since my dad works full-time outside and my brothers two of my brothers are in public school right now and so Having this time to just connect with one another by devotions or family meals. We have a lot, a lot of meals at home. I think this has really helped us to slow down our pace of life and and really just get to know one another more in a deeper level. Kind of going back to the topic of how you guys are spending time together more as a family. How do you make time for yourself, especially with so many people in the house? That is a very good question. Well, for me personally, I, as I mentioned earlier, I love waking up earlier. And since right now, I'm currently waiting to get into university. But before that, I have been studying as a homeschooler. And 
I think getting into like a routine and just finding the perfect plan for me, I realized that waking up early is one of my favorite things to do just because I I get that quietness and and the focus and productivity level increases and I understand that sleeping late is also unhealthy and so I'm so happy that I'm actually a morning person. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then besides schooling, I also enjoy doing some other activities. I'm very into ballet and also nutrition. So we're into like plant-based nutrition and my family and I, we're all vegan. How did you like, in a sense, discover this passion for ballet that you have? For me, ballet has always been something I hold dear to and still hold dear to now. And I started ballet when I was four years old. And my mom, just she just found this class and put me in there. And then she realized that I actually was the most obedient and enthusiastic <laughs> girl in the entire class. And so she's like, this is the place for you. From that day onwards, I just slowly moved my way up. And I find it really, really therapeutic in a way because I would say that I'm actually a very introverted person. And so being able to express myself through like art forms and just different platforms instead of public speaking really helped me as I get to express myself freely. So that is my ballet story. But Emma, I heard that you also did ballet. How was your experience? Oh man, it was very different from yours because I think I was one of the least well-behaved kids in the class. <laughs> my teacher would just be like, oh my gosh, her again. And yeah, I stuck it out for a good number of years. I think like five years and then I quit. I wish I was still doing it though. I think it's a really good activity for discipline. With so many siblings at home, how would you say you've had to learn how to structure your time? I think with a lot of siblings at home, structuring my time is definitely a very key aspect, especially being a homeschooler and studying at home with so many siblings for my entire life. But even though I think planning what I want to do is a very good character of most homeschoolers, I'd say, because people see us as very self-disciplined learners, I would say that even though I can plan my time and I do know how to plan my schedule for each day, I will have to admit that what actually matters most and really helped me in this aspect was actually chores that have helped me. And this is because my parents have always wanted us as homeschoolers to be able to be self-directed and self-disciplined, but they realize that it is through chores that actually can really mold our characters. And the reason I'll say this is because anyone can put in the passion that they want to just drive and strive for excellence in what they are passionate about. But when it comes to things that they're not so passionate about, it can be very difficult. But it is through these simple things that actually just show the true colors of who one is. And so mm -hmm. when they instill this character through chores, they really place an emphasis of when you know how to do other chores and stuff like that, you will still find time to focus on what is important, which is your schoolwork. And although they also want you to study very hard, they want us to find a balance between school and 
chores. I think it prepares us for the future where we will have to balance work and our lifestyle or with our future family. Yeah, so I think this has really helped me and I definitely benefited a lot. Although I did not like chores at all, I think that I have learned to look at it in a different perspective and I now see chores as a very therapeutic hobby, not exactly hobby, but it really helped me to just get my mind off my school and stuff like that. I think this really has helped me. How do you feel like you learned how to find joy in this, I guess you would call it mundane task? There are two aspects that I have gained out of doing this mundane task and the first is because I've always been very into like nutrition and health and fitness and stuff like that and so one of the things that I read long ago was that when we immediately sit down after a huge meal we tend to feel like in a very coma state and it can it can also cause us to feel like sleeping but when I get to work on a chore immediately after a meal, I feel so much more energetic because I don't have to sit down and I get to stand up, which helps me to digest. I'm very happy I realized this. Yeah, the second one was that it's very therapeutic to me because I just get to be in the moment. And yeah, I think this has helped me to really focus on changing my mindset on things that I dislike doing and it's very very important because in our future life there are going to be so many obstacles so many things that you hate to do and I think having a very strong foundation since young will really mm -hmm. help gosh this is also amazing to listen to you sound so mature <laughs> like do you feel like having so many siblings has in a sense impacted how fast you've had to grow up or rather your sense of responsibility being the oldest girl in your family? Definitely. I would say that as the oldest daughter this and the second eldest child in our family, I feel the responsibility and pressure being the older sister and trying to guide my younger siblings. And I think this has started since I was a young girl, just because I was one of the older siblings and I had always been called the mom in the house. I have been doing like stuff like changing diapers, feeding my siblings. And I think that these small little tasks, it's really such a privilege actually. Like I can just imagine the opposite of me if I had gone to public school every morning, everyone goes to their school, comes back, I don't know how it would actually turn out, but I think it would have been a very different story. So I think having all these privileges at such a young, tender age is really impactful and has helped me mature into who I am today. After listening to all of this, do you feel like you'd still want to have children? Because like for me, I was like, oh, you know what? You know, people think I'm mature and I can babysit, whatever. Okay, I don't want kids anymore. I've already done all the parenting. <laughs> well, that is obviously not the case. But for me, growing up with all of this, I don't feel the particular desire to have any children of my own. It sounds like even though you've had a very real parenting almost experience, you would still want kids. I had always wanted a lot of children. In fact, everyone who asked me constantly, like, how many kids do you want? I would always confidently say 10. I mean, I do find the joy in having children. I think they are such a gift from God and it 
it just brings a lot of life to a family as compared to just a husband and a wife or just a few kids and I definitely see the joy that children can bring with my own family but mm -hmm. I think looking back now that I'm older I definitely still want children but sometimes I would rethink and like do I want that many children just because I've gone through I know what like what you mentioned like you've gone through the parenting and you know what it feels like to be a mom but I really just want to leave all these up to God and how he wants to direct my life and not mm -hmm. my own desires but speaking mm -hmm. about like having a lot of children <laughs> I really hope to before I even have any children to master the skill of being like patient and kind to my future mm -hmm. kids because I realized that through my own siblings being patient is one of the hardest things ever to work on and I still struggle up to this day like just teaching my sibling a math problem can sometimes drain me so I really hope to work on this. Do you feel like teaching ballet classes is also helping to equip you for this? Oh yes, I could go on on that topic forever. <laughs> So I recently had a small startup, so I taught mm -hmm. ballet to kids from 3 to about 12 year old and it just brought me so much joy. You know how like when you teach children, your voice just changed <laughs> and like they just make you smile that your cheeks hurt so bad. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I just love teaching ballet to these children and even though they can lose concentration or their attention span can be very short I think learning to just cater to their needs and interests because every child is different and every child has a special gift and so mm -hmm. learning to understand them and then coming up with different methods or ways to help them to achieve their fullest potential is very, very fulfilling. And I definitely find so much joy. I'm very, very happy when I get to teach my children <laughs> every week. It just makes me so happy. Do you feel like growing up with such a big family has helped you to understand conflicts or how to manage people because it sounds like you're doing quite a lot of that with your classes all families are bound to have conflicts because mm -hmm. if there isn't we i don't we are not even humans and we are we do not have sin right but um in my family we definitely have conflicts between siblings between parents and i think that these are just a normal part of our life and it is also very vital to have them in our life because it not only helps us to learn to resolve them and forgive one another but it also helps us to build a deeper and stronger relationship with one another because we learn to understand that we are all different and it's so special that every family member is different. Just one simple example, my sister and I used to have a lot of conflicts with one another and I think it's just not because we hate one another but we talk to one another every single day and so when conflicts arise between us, even though it can sometimes tear relationship but I'm very thankful for these conflicts or arguments between us because I think it really helps us to not only understand one another but 
build even stronger relationships. And one of the forgiving methods that we like to do is to write letters to one another. And I find that so special, especially when she writes one to me, the ending goes like, your best friend forever or sisters forever and i'm like oh this is so sweet and so i really do treasure these moments and conflicts they are meant to be in families but they really help one develop themselves and to just face society issues in future because the conflicts that we see in the workplace is a whole new different level and so starting from small little conflicts at home can really help us to prepare ourselves how about you have you ever faced conflict with your brother and how have you resolved them oh yeah but definitely not as mature as you've dealt with yours <laughs> sometimes it really depends especially you know now that we're both older and we're both learning to respect one another's space. We do have fewer conflicts. It's just over silly things like, oh, you forgot to turn off the light. That wasn't me. Are you sure? <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> just like, you know, small everyday things that can be resolved very quickly. I wouldn't say we have any really huge major conflicts, but definitely when we were much younger, we would be fighting all the time. Like you said, you know, it really does prepare you for the real world because when you do encounter conflict, you learn how to, in a sense, understand where the other person is coming from. You learn to understand, okay, this is why this other person's feeling upset. What can I do about it? And I think that is a very real world skill. Do you feel like the closer you are to somebody, the more conflicts you'll have with them or the more you'll encounter? Yes, yes, that is so true. Like what I mentioned earlier, I'll say that the boys are usually closer to one another and then the girls are closer. So I'm definitely closer to my sisters because girls just like to chat and chat and chat about everything under the sky. And so definitely, I would say that conflicts between us are more seen than between us and our brothers. With so many siblings, naturally you're going to feel closer with some of them than others. But how do you intentionally bridge the gaps in closeness? How do you make the effort to just involve them more in your life? I believe that for my family, we I definitely see three clusters. One from the two of my brothers, then my sister and I, and then the three youngest one, that, that's like three clusters. From the perspective of bridging the gap, I'll say that my dad does an excellent job in this area. I really see his intention of how much he tries to bring all of us together. And it can be very hard, especially since we have such a huge age range. And so trying to please the older ones when we're doing baby stuff or childish activities is so hard and vice versa through activities such as sports which taught us sportsmanship yes sportsmanship or going on vacation stuff like that has really helped us to understand one another and yet have fun at the same time and for me personally, I'm still trying to learn how to bridge the gap because I think during our teen years, it can be extremely difficult. I, I really don't know why. I think especially in the Asian context, sometimes we find it hard to communicate with our siblings, especially when we reach the teenage level. But I'll say that I'm still very thankful that we have like younger siblings. So this is what is so nice about having a huge family is that our younger siblings 
are actually helping us bridge the gap because they are still this playful and just innocent child that really brings so much joy and fun to our family and it really helps us older siblings to connect one another more because of our younger siblings. How about you and your brother? Because <laughs> I know you are also a teenage. Oh yeah, it's been really interesting because back when we were living in Bhutan, so like for background context, I lived in Bhutan for a couple of years and I moved back to Singapore two years ago. I think we were just in very different stages in life. And you know, it's funny because you think that an experience like moving overseas would bring you guys closer together, but I don't feel like that was the case. I feel like it was only after we moved back to Singapore that we got closer because we both kind of reached a headspace where we were like, I want to make an intentional effort to know my sibling better rather than just coexisting or co-living with a sibling. So sometimes we'll do things together and that's nice. I think it was also not easy for my parents because at least, you know, you'd think that you're all doing the same thing as a family unit. But it's really interesting because although you might be doing the same thing, everybody's experience is different. For you guys, having so many kids in the family, I'm sure it was hard for your parents to have enough time for you individually. Like, even with me and my brother, I remember there are times being where I'm like, oh, why is it that I'm always forgotten? And he's definitely felt the same way. How do you see your parents, like, intentionally spending time with you and your siblings individually? Because I'm sure, you know, with so many of you guys, it must be really difficult to manage. For my parents, I think I can relate to them in a sense that I can put myself in their shoes and I understand that it can be so difficult, especially having so many children. But I would say that they definitely put an effort, especially my mom, she loves to just like catch one of us and then have like a small chat. It can be anywhere, it can even be at home in her room and just having this long chat and she is a very good like advisor and listener and she can speak individually with one of us for like an hour or more. I remember when we were like younger, my parents will intentionally bring one of us out every week or so and just have like a date night with us and get to know us more and just spend more time with us to let us know that we are all loved equally and so I think that was really nice and sometimes we also do like a girls day out and a boys day out so we do different stuff for girls and boys yeah I really enjoyed those I think that it is also very important for us children to approach them and not just let them search us out and I think a lot of parents, they want to speak to their children, but they see like, oh, she's he or he's busy with schoolwork and it's so hard to find the time to approach them. And so I think it's very intentional and very meaningful when we also realize that uh, they want to speak with us, just like how Jesus is always inviting us to him and we can come to him whenever we want. And so what I like to do right now, because sometimes my mom still has to teach the three youngest ones, they are not yet independent. And so a method that she has given me like some advice would be like, she is open to having me speak with her, but just like approach her and tell her I want to talk to her and then she will make time for me during the day or evening. So I think that's very nice. And yeah, this is the way that we make time for one another. 
I definitely agree. The intentionality really does make a difference when it comes from the kids. Like, I remember my parents saying, of course, you know, we want to spend time with our kids, but it's also like different knowing that your kids want to spend that time with you. And I think that's something that the circuit breaker has kind of done to us because we are spending more time together, but time together doesn't necessarily mean quality time. I think now we've been more intentional about spending time together when we started building this habit of meeting together to just talk and pray together. Nobody would want to do it. Me and my brother would be like, oh no, this again. But like you said, you know, with the chores thing, you just grow to enjoy it over time. And it really does make a difference when the people who you want to be intentional with also want to be intentional with you. You know, like sometimes I feel like there are stereotypes about homeschoolers, especially those with big families. So how do you break out of that mold in a sense and go beyond being just the girl with the huge family? The most... Common one would definitely be when people meet me or whatever, they remember me as the girl with the large family. Even though I actually do not mind, I am proud of the fact that I have a large family. My siblings and I, when we introduce ourselves to others, we also enjoy adding in the fact that we have a lot of siblings because I think that's what makes us so special. I think everything that happens, happens for a reason and especially since I really feel that I have been developing a closer relationship with Jesus and so I want everyone to know that it doesn't matter where you come from, your background, whether your life had a lot of ups and downs or you had a smooth life journey, the most important aspect of what you are shaped by is the identity that we have in Jesus Christ. Because my life here is not to show off that I have a lot of siblings, that I can do this, that I love this, and blah blah blah. But really, it is to spread the love of Christ. Another stereotype, this is just more of like a fun fact, is that a lot of people will always ask, do you have a mate? And the answer is no, we do not have mate. Instead, we seven children are the mates and we do chores every single day. And recently, we have actually came up with a very fun idea to make chores less tiring and less horrible. And so what we have done is to come up with a roster generator. So it is a random generator and we will just put in all our names and all the chores and every day it will just generate what you are today. So we feel more pumped and excited when there's like this little game which just gives us more motivation to do our chores. So these are the main two stereotypes that I can think of. Thank you so much, Pollyanna. I really do love what you said about finding your identity in Christ. During the past half hour or so, we've talked about you, family, and faith, and you know, through all of these things, I've noticed there's really just this theme of intentionality. And I think that intentionality is super important, be it connecting with family or, you know, like you said, making time for yourself. It's so true that at the end of the day, the time that you spend with your family is short. And as we grow older, we do need to be more intentional about connecting with family, especially if we're not living together. Although family can be kind of annoying at times or just difficult to deal with, we can and we should take the time to understand them by bonding and just in the process learning about dealing with conflicts. 
Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Pollyanna. It was lovely having you. Don't forget to check out her blog at acupofpolly.wixsite.com slash acupofpolly. And that's a wrap on today's episode of the Socially Awkward Podcast. We release new episodes every second Sunday of the month on both Spotify and YouTube. If you liked today's episode, follow us on Spotify, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Instagram at the.sociallyawkwardpodcast.